Yowza, 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 indeed. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Kennedy, one half of the Five Films From podcast here. Wanted to take a second today before Todd and I get started on the episode to say thanks for listening. And to ask that if you've been enjoying the show, make sure you like, subscribe, and maybe even leave a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice. Doing that's going to really help us to connect with more movie-loving listeners just like you. Also, we wanted to give y'all an update on some of the stuff we're working away on for Season 2. Got a lot of good episodes lined up real soon. For example, uh, Todd's currently editing our two-part season premiere on five films from... It's actually going to be ten films from the two-part, or we're going to be doing Brian De Palma. We'll also be gonna getting into some more idiosyncratic stuff with guys like Stuart Rosenberg and Larry Cohen, as well as you know real Hollywood legends like Robert Altman and fan favorites like John Landis and Tony Scott. Again, be sure to subscribe so you can be among the first to hear all of our newest five films from content as soon as it drops. Totally. Lastly, if you're still listening, <laughs> be sure to be on the lookout for our upcoming Patreon feed. We'll be offering all kinds of bonus episodes, things like double features, commentary tracks, etc. 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 And special things like five films from directors who have only made one film and five films from the 70s disaster movie genre. Absolutely. So yeah, a lot of things lined up, good things on the horizon for FFF. And yeah, that's all I got for you. Enjoy the show. With Mac Kennedy and Todd Edmondson. We're back with the next movie. Yep, The Exorcist. Yep, from seminal movie i think a classic again two in a row just back-to-back classics yeah 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 yeah. uh william peter blatty's book screenplay and he was the producer and he was the producer yeah and he Um, and friedkin became and stayed friends throughout their whole lives yeah Um, yeah uh, there's like uh there's like interviews where they talk about each other and you could tell like they really have like a connection which is kind of (laughs) cool um like william peter blatty when they released the quote-unquote director's cut of the exorcist Mm -hmm. in 2000 it was actually more of the writer's cut. It was more Blatty wanted them to put more shit in, and Friedkin kind of agreed to it begrudgingly just because he's friends with Bill Blatty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I'm not putting my name on it, but you yeah. can call it the director's right. cut if you yeah, want. Yeah, if right. you want to. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it, it is a real seminal movie. And can I just say that one of the things that I thought about now, and you, can, and you watch movies 40, 50 years later, you realize how they affected you when you first saw them, and how they affect you now. And The Exorcist, it's sort of like the Catholic Jaws to me. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> because it's in retrospect, it's not that scary, but it, it is really um it was it was at the time, you know, like Jaws would make poor girls in the middle of Oklahoma jump out of their seat and scream, Shark! Yeah, yeah you know? not go into the swimming and, pool and, or and, whatever. And just the thought of this movie just just the idea behind the movie was scary enough. And when you watch the movie, it, boun- it bounces back and forth between Reagan's is, is like, um, she's like really 
she really is possessed, but they go through this long, drawn-out thing with doctors going... Well, it's a symptom of a type of disturbance in the chemical electrical activity of the brain. In the case of your daughter in the temporal lobe, it's up here in the lateral part of the brain. It's rare, but it does cause bizarre hallucinations, and usually just before a convulsion. A convulsion? The shaking of the bed. That's doubtless due to muscular spasms. Oh, no, 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 that was no spasm. Look, I got on the bed. The whole bed was thumping and rising off the floor and shaking the whole thing with me on it. Mrs. McNeil, the problem with your daughter is not her bed. It's her brain. We talked about this in Exorcist too, where we're talking about these movies in reverse, in reverse order. Yeah, and that's right. And uh, but it's all about doctors and blowing it off, like going, "Oh well, uh, it's got to be this," or I don't know. Yeah, and that's like, I've always thought that the scariest part of this movie is not even the. So, in the seventies when it came out, I am speaking as somebody who wasn't alive then, but I imagine there must have been just a. The Catholic Church really must have been kind of a cultural sort of thing that people had on their minds and took seriously. For well, that, it to Vatican. Uh, that way. A funny thing is, Vatican II was right around that time too, where they tried they they did like a major reboot right. of the church, yeah, uh, and tried to become like more culturally viable, which they were quickly after many centuries mm -hmm. of of oppression and nonsense. They were kind of like losing the young audience, yeah. You know, sure. and um, and yeah, this came along. I mean, I mean, it's odd that a horror movie would would uh, would 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 make people recognize the church more now because the church is kind of like they're the only ones who understood what was really going on, right? And, and that's and the did thing. I, about yeah, it. that's the thing. The fact that like this movie is some Catholics find it objectionable is strange to me because it's a very like. Pro Catholic movie. I think it really is. I think yeah. it really in, is. In a too. way that the, you know, I'm actually going to talk. I'm bringing up the second. Act. What the fuck? The second <laughs> one is like a little more just hocus pocus. This one is pretty, you know, good and evil, the Lord and the devil stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's more human in, mm -hmm. in a down. In a, in it is. A down, it is more dirty human. Yeah. Kind of because way. Jason Miller, as the central priest in this movie, He's deeply flawed great and, character yeah, and a great really performance. Yeah. I'm a huge Jason Miller fan. He's a playwright, wrote that championship season. Yeah, he's uh, so he, good in this. He literally was not a professional actor. He acted on the side. Um, and basically they had cast. So that role, Jason, uh, Damien, Father Damien, mm -hmm. I guess, uh, 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 what's the guy's name? Friedkin wanted, init initially had thought of, putting Roy in it, coming off of the French Connection. Okay. Vladdy was like, no, can't do it. He didn't like Roy for some reason. Mm. But then they ended up casting Stacey Keach. And Stacey Keach was in the role, under contract, like ready to shoot the movie. But then Friedkin saw that championship season on Broadway with Charles Durning and Richard Dysart in the cast, the original oh, production. Right, okay. And he said... That play just reeks of lapped Catholicism. So I want to have a talk with this guy Miller who wrote it. And so we talked with him, and he—I guess initially Jason Miller's like, "Yeah, whatever." But then he read the script and called Friedkin back a few days later and said, "This is me," because Miller wow. had spent years in seminary school and had a crisis of faith and all that same shit. Is mid, you know, all that. No same kidding. Thing. That's it. Really yeah. comes through in this yeah. film, and too. and it does totally come through. Uh, He's great, yeah. Uh, he's not an actor in a lot of things. He's in the um, the Ninth Configuration later, which Blatt which is Stacy Keach, which is Stacy Keach, and right. it's directed by Bill Blatty. So mm. it's sort of the same connections. Uh, 
But yeah, I, I think he's very good in this oh, movie. Yeah, he's Oscar great. nominated. I mean, they didn't want to cast him. Uh, Freakin's like, yeah, well, if you don't cast him, I'm not making the movie. Yeah, because they they considered him Warner Brothers considered him an amateur actor. Like, but that's what you. He's exactly what that role needed. Yeah. You know, he's he's got a he's got a sick mom, and and uh, she's living in it in kind of in squalor in in New York, and he's trying to be a priest and take care of her and he's a cigarette smoking beer drinking i know a lot of priests who yeah. drink and yeah. smoke and, and he's a psychiatrist too yeah yeah okay. so, so he doesn't look down his nose at at um like some priests i've met who just look down their nose at the rest of the world not no names mm-hmm. mentioned here but um um yeah he he's very very human i need reassignment tom i want out of this job it's wrong it's no good you're the best we've got really it's more than psychiatry and you know that Tom some of their problems come down to faith their vocation the meaning of their lives and I can't cut it anymore yeah so um what is the deal with Ellen Burstyn where she's um She's walking. She's shooting a, a a scene of like civil unrest. Yeah, she's a it's movie like actress. Sixties protest movie at, at this college, yeah. and then she sees Georgetown him. University. Yeah, and she sees him talking with somebody, and there is a moment there where she's looking at him like kind of like. Um, like with a knowing thing, and sort of shocked a little and bit, and I don't know. He really watches what her making the film too in yeah. the very beginning. Yeah, and he kind yeah. Of like, oh yeah, I like this lady. So like, there's kind yeah, of there's a ones. strange connection there that was he, not really very. He apparent. even um, Chris McNeil, the Ellen Burstyn character, even asks the other priest over behind the church. You know what I mean? Over there, it's a red brick wing. Saint Mike's. What goes on there? I mean, who's the priest I keep seeing there? He's there all the time. He's Black hair, and he's very intense looking. Who is it? Damien Karras. Karras? That's his office back with St. Mike's. He's our, our psychiatric counselor. Yeah, they obviously, like, I, I think he is just, like, haunted in a way that I stood out to her, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and she was having problems with Reagan at that point, where yeah. it's just, like, really slowly... Uh, the Reagan thing sort of slowly creeps in, where the, when she's awake, these weird episodes that happen, and then, and then Ellen Burstyn's always tucking her in, and you know, and and then talking to doctors and and dropping a lot of f bombs and Jesus Christ, and, yeah, you know, smoking getting, doctors, nothing yeah. more trustworthy than a sigging doctor, <laughs> yeah. and nothing more seventies yeah. than smoking doctors and smoking priests. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. And there's know. a lot of those in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cigarette companies needed those roles on on yeah. screen because there's a lot of heat to get uh, cigarettes well, out of movies. Oh, uh, interesting scene. Uh, Damien is sort of haunted later by um, a scene where he's at the at the train station and there's a, a homeless guy going. Uh, Father, you helping all all the boy. I'm a Catholic. Right. Neil and Rogers used to play that. He uh, hears that like so. over at the end of the movie too. At the end like of the he movie, hears yeah. Pazuzu, who is not identified as Pazuzu in this movie. No, no not, not only that's a retcon. Yeah, but it's in that same exact voice. Right. It's yeah. Like a flashback mm-hmm. to the, it's like. So there's evil everywhere. Speaking of the second know? movie, and I swear this is the last time I'm going to bring up the second movie <laughs> ever in my life. Um, Kitty Wynn plays Sharon, the housekeeper, who we did not know who was in. She was in the second she's movie. In the yeah, and second she's movie, in this we movie didn't, too. Yeah, and she's we, in this movie, but we didn't realize. When that we it was were her. talking about the second movie, we totally, totally forgot that she came from the first movie because we yeah. didn't realize it. Because we were asking each other, yeah, was she yeah. in the first movie? Know, yeah, so, so we're just dummies. She totally is. Totally. So, yeah. I had your day go. Not too bad. It's kind of like the uh, Walt Disney version of the Ho Chi Minh story, but other than that, it was terrific. What we got? Anything like that here? Um, for an, and also, you got an invitation. What's this? 
Dinner at the White House. Are you kidding me? What is that, a big party or something? I think it's five or six people. Oh, Thursday, huh? She's, I guess she's more present in the second one, like more of a role. She's yeah. kind of in the background here. She's sort of a link to the old house and, yeah. to, the, and to this. Uh, and, of course, she has spectacularly sets herself on fire. Yeah, she's, she meets um, an unfortunate demise yeah. in the second movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the second movie met an unfortunate yeah, I mean, demise. Everyone, really, everyone who's seen the second movie has met an unfortunate demise. <laughs> it's worse than the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> They're all dead. Oh, it's, man. Well, I mean, it's horrible, yeah, it but is fascinating. Horrible. It was horrible. Utterly horrible. And fascinating. <laughs> All right, that's enough of the second movie. Sorry, guys. But, but the first one really, uh, the first one really uh, was was a, uh, a, a, a huge success. Yeah, sure. And um, I thought... One I of the first the blockbusters it, before Jaws, even. Yeah, yeah and really... I thought the way it moved uh, was kind of... It was kind of not slow is not the word, but it builds. I yeah. guess that's the word. I think, I think you could call it slow. I think the first time I saw it, I thought it was slow. Maybe even. I boring. think that's a point. It's like yeah. it's like it's like. Uh, I don't think that now, but yeah, no. I think Blatty's trying to make you feel the frustration of, of parent, in, right. institutional uh, resistance to parenting, and and uh, you know, th- I'm a doctor and I know more than you I do, th- but I don't know anything. Part of what makes this movie scary to me, on like a way that get actually is not even the the hocus pocus of the of the catholic stuff it's like the sort of medical frustration you know like that and the idea of like whether it's your child or yourself or anyone just they don't know what's wrong with you and they're gonna keep passing you around like they do so what's wrong with her we still think the temporal lobe oh what are you talking about for christ's sakes did you see her or not She's acting like she's fucking out of her mind, psychotic, like a what you, a split personality or. It's a strange, it's a, it's a strange passive aggressive indifference that's also Patty Chayefsky touched on that in the hospital. In the hospital, well, that's all yeah. over the hospital, yeah, all over it, and yeah. and and you and it really makes you feel that, and so yeah, that's kind of scary. And it's scarier now. Yeah, sure, yeah, than in and the movie. and Ellen Burstyn talks about uh, in an interview in this Friedkin Uncut documentary, which is wonderful, by the way. I recommend that really highly. Mm. Um, just a documentary, long form interview with William Friedkin and a lot of other in, uh, interesting people who you know either filmmakers or collaborators, etc. 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 But um the Ellen Burstyn talks about the the reason that movie she finds it so scary is because of the sort of realism and almost mundanity and slow build of the first half. Yeah, and yeah. And how it really gets you into Chris McNeil and also Damien's heads before any of this other stuff really happens. Which is a good point. Yeah. And it, and it it's very it, it is very well because I think it's sort of like um the visceral thing about scary movies is like, okay, scare me already, yeah. you know, and then and then you want those moments that if you're if you're if you're used to substandard crap, you don't go in the don't go in the basement. And it's the jump scares, you know? right? It's the constant yeah. like, oh my god! Like this movie doesn't really have any of that. I don't know. Up in yeah. the up in the attic is sort of like a red herring where she she keeps hearing noises in the attic and she finally goes up there and her and her her the guy the handyman scares the shit out of her. Um, but it's yeah, that's kind of a red herring. So. Yeah. Um, for sure and but yeah it's not it's not a typical horror movie at all I mean this is a movie that spends 
you know, in 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 the sort in service of the point about the unconventional pacing, is it spends an inordinate amount of time at this party where this drunken Irish film director is just talking shit about people. Yeah, <laughs> there seems to be an alien pubic hair in my jeans. I beg your pardon. Never seen it before in my life. Have you? Yeah, I thought that was really funny, and it was sort of it was sort of like a it was sort of like a breath of of uh, of of reality, you know, just like going on with your life. Oh, let's have a party, and then Reagan comes downstairs. There's an and, astronaut there and, too. And, yeah, yeah, and looks at the guy. I don't know who the guy is. Looks at him and says, "You're gonna die up there." And then she urinates on the floor, yep. and it's kind of like that's what? when it kind of the first shoe drops. Like we'd seen small signs, but that's like a oh something's really wrong now, you know? As yeah. Far as- Chris McNeil was yeah, and it's funny. I think the Shining, the Kubrick Shining, kind of does that too, where it's just like, and Christine is similar in that. Um, and Halloween, get, yeah, matter, you get actually, you get moments of films. you get moments of like real craziness, and then it's like it's like tension and release. That they say about a really good jazz solo, an improvised solo, is you can't just go yeah, all sure. the time because then this fatigue sets in. That's yeah, why a lot so of horror ebb and, movies are ebb so and funny. flow. Yeah, that's why a lot of horror movies I think are so funny, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't, you know, maybe that's me being a weirdo, but I consistently think horror movies are really funny. Yeah, no they're great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and intentionally funny it's yeah. stuff in the exorcist that is supposed to be funny that filmmaker for example right yeah 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 it's it's, it's just and then like you talked about the mundanity that's really uh that's really kind of what it's about i mean people don't change people don't change their lives until catastrophe happens right. you know and all of a sudden it's like oh shit i gotta do something about this and it's sort of the thing with reagan is just kind of like she's trying to go through conventional channels over and over day by day where reagan's asleep and and then she's talking to doctors and then she's talking to and and finally one of the doctors is the one who brings up the church you ever heard of exorcism well it's a stylized ritual in which the uh, rabbi or the priest try to drive out this so-called invading spirit. Uh, it's been uh, pretty much discarded these days, except by the, the Catholics who keep it in the closet as a sort of an embarrassment. You know, and that was that was the controversy about the movie, is that uh, does not everybody in the church believed in exorcism, even though... It was church right. dogma, or I mean, not dogma, uh, but it was a practice. It was a practice. Yeah. I think it was, all, like, they say, like, oh, the Catholics keep it in the closet. Like, it's sort of not yeah. talked about, but right. sometimes happens. Well, it's sort of like burning witches, too. It's right, a little right, bit medieval yeah. and kind of like, you can't be serious. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but that's that, part that, of the that, other thing scary about the movie. Sure, 100%. And, yeah. you know, there's, yeah, and that's part of the 70s-iness of the movie. The <laughs> sort of, like, conventional channels are not helpful. Like, the sort yeah. of institutions are useless. That yeah, kind yeah. Of, that's... If this movie were made today, I don't think that would be as much of it, or at all. Really. Yeah, maybe not. It'd be really hard to uh, the believability of it. But but that's because people are numb numb to it now. Fifty yeah, years and... later, fifty years later, they're just like, uh, um, well, everybody goes. Everybody's their own doctor. They go on the internet, yeah. and they, you know. And uh... sometimes I get better advice from the fucking internet. As, uh... <laughs> fucking internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, the, the movie. I was going to talk about one of those medical test scenes. Yeah, when go ahead. Reagan has the, I guess it's called a cerebral angiography, where they stick like a thing in her neck and the blood's spurting out. Mm-hmm. So that she, Linda Blair, had that thing done on her. Like it was a real procedure and they filmed it, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was very realistic. Uh, well, what, that yeah, makes I sense. Think, that makes sense. Really? Why does that make sense? 
Yeah, it says realistic, uh, realistic cerebral angiography. Like, I, and the guy who did it, maybe it wasn't the guy who performed it, but one of the technicians in the scene, a sort of skinny bearded guy who's mm-hmm. kind of in the background moving machines around, that's Paul Bateson, who later became a convicted murderer and was part of the uh, inspiration for Bill's later movie, Cruising. A New York City detective in search of a killer is about to disappear into the night. Is it dangerous? I can't talk about it. How do you know you're going to end up the same person when it's over? Oh my god. Yeah, isn't that wild? Wow, it yeah. is really wild. Yeah. So that's another thing, like maybe this movie's cursed. <laughs> like all yeah. like oh an actual god. killer in it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's a story I'd never heard before. That's yeah. wild. That's it is uh it's that's a thing, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um so um, uh, we're forgetting that Max von Sydow is the is uh, Father Marin. Yeah, is, yeah, Father Marin doesn't who, even get that much screen time in the movie. Not much. Yeah, no. Kind of, um, yeah. It, he sort of sets the stage because he's at an archaeological dig, and uh, and an assistant runs up and says, "Well, they found something, and they, they found a medallion uh, that was very symbolic of." And there's a lot of symbolism uh, of evil, and in, in um, the scene that. His last scene, kind of, I think it's his last scene. He kind of goes back to the dig and um, and after hours, you know, and kind of standing around. And you mean his last just, scene in the beginning? Yeah, in the yeah, beginning, or, right? Yeah. Uh, where, yeah, uh, that's what I meant. And and where he's just kind of standing there, and there's this big statue, and the sun's behind yeah. it, and it's very evil, and you know, nothing the, nothing is said. There's but. a cool shot of just it's like a sort of profile. Side view shot. It's it's like Lee Marvin and Tashira Rafoon standing on the beach. Yeah, in yeah. Pacific. Like uh-huh. in that same like far apart imagery of, of Father Marin and the demon head. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's thing. that's really cool. Cool shot. And it sort of sets you up for okay. There's evil yeah. there somewhere. Um, I don't know that the dig the tie into the dig. You know the the second movie really got deep into that. Right. Kind of yeah, it did. Shit. Yeah, it did. Uh, uh, really deep. And so that was kind of interesting. But um, it just sort of set up. Set up his character as sort of the precursor to. Um, he, it shows you know. him that he's gonna be dropping in this movie to do some big it, bad exorcisms. Yeah, later yeah. On. He's the yeah. one. He's the one who's. He's the only one who's really had experience. Although Father Damien said, you know, he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Or can I assist? At, not at first, though. At first, he tries to tell Chris, "Get out of here. This is nuts." Yeah, and this send is her nuts. back to the doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. But eventually, when he actually meets Reagan, it's yeah. kind of like wow. And it's the, just the, obvious. Sort of speaks as Damien's mom uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That that really kind that of really gets kind him of on like, board. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. had since died? His mom died. Yeah. I'm very tired. No. I'd like you to go quickly across to the residence, Damien, and gather up a cassock for myself, two surplices, a purple stole, and some holy water, and um, your copy of the Roman ritual of the large one. I believe we should begin. Do you want to hear the background of the case first, Father? Why? The party scene you were talking about. Right. I, I just I just saw my notes. Uh, the music really sounds like Diodato, who Emir Diodato, who was, who was the wrote um, the two thousand one. Oh yeah. Disco version. Cool, cool. The that wind music, which is in being there. Yeah. Um, so Ellen's director is, is 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 on some guy about being a Nazi, and he yeah. says the butler. It's the he, butler. You never went bowling with Goebbels either, I suppose. Eh? Nazi bastard. Yeah, that, 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 well. that line really is like, and then he says, What's for dessert? 
It's just trashed. Anyway, I just want to say bowling with gold. I know. I I also have that line written down. Yeah, that's really funny. (laughs) Yeah, specifically. Yeah. Um. So. So. But that. That. I think. You know. We were saying that. That. That scene with Reagan coming downstairs, kind of sleepwalking in this strange thing. That's really like. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now. Now the movie kind of starts. So now we know something's going to happen. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's. uh, you know, really when the the sort of frustration of Chris starts to become real apparent, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is, I don't know what's going on. Because the doctors keep saying it's her brain. Yeah, and, uh, right. And it's her soul or whatever. Uh, yeah, she's <laughs> one. Yeah, when Reagan's finally uh, going, Fuck me! Fuck me! Fuck me! Your canting daughter! Yeah. You know, that's kind of like, well, I think she's gone way yeah. off, off the off the. And her head sw- swims around as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, there's, so, there's still so much to talk about about this movie. Um, the director ends up dying, and the police are on the case, and the detective Kinderman, played by Lee J. Cobb, mm-hmm. is in there. He has a great dynamic with Damien immediately in that scene, how it's like... Uh, we're just going to talk about movies. Like, it's really funny. <laughs> I lied. You look like Sal Mineo. <laughs> because Reagan threw somebody out the window. The director. Down the stairs. J- right. Jack McGowan's right, character, right. the director. And uh, and so Lee J. Cobb is the cop who's got to find the person who did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's a crime. And, that, and whether you have a crime, you have a criminal. So I've got to find out the, you know, the perp. And, yeah. and I'm just doing my cop job. It's sort of a superfluous seeming role he just kind of shows up and then isn't in it anymore right um in the william blatty slash quote-unquote director's cut the final scene after reagan uh you know she's saved whatever she uh, hugs the priest damon's friend and then like they drive away and damon's friend walks off and it's the end of the movie but in the new cut uh damon's friend walks off runs into kinderman and they like talk for a minute and then they decide to go see a movie, and it's almost like this is the beginning <laughs> of a beautiful friendship. It's like one of those things. Oh, uh, it's, like, it's really yeah. kind of funny. That, I don't know if they say that line, but that's kind of what what you're looking at. You're, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really cool. It is kind of cool. Yeah, you know that version is all. I almost watched that version because it's on Amazon Prime, but I ended up watching. Uh, I found I have it on DVD. So anyway, and that uh, version also has the famous spider walk scene where she's got the her hands on her. Like, have you seen that? Yeah, really yeah. That's, that's not in the original. It's not yeah. in the original. Yeah. yeah. Um, that character Kinderman though uh, what's interesting about him is he's like a Bill Blatty character that shows up in other books because uh, Legion which became Exorcist 3 he's the main character the real terror is back George C. Scott in William Peter Blatty's The Exorcist 3 You were telling me and, that, uh, you were saying that in the yeah, in the other and that's, uh, Exorcist uh, George too. C. Scott plays him in Exorcist Three. Yeah, and that's not the only time that George C. Scott and Lee J. Cobb played the same character. Hmm. Would you like to know the other times? Yes, I would. Please. One of, one of them is on stage. They were both in Death of a Salesman, playing mm-hmm. the same character. And the Lee J. Cobb role in Twelve Angry Men, when William Friedkin of all people remade Twelve Angry Men for Showtime in the late nineties. George C. Scott played that role. Wow, yeah, isn't that that's cool? wild. Yeah, pretty interesting. No degrees of separation there. Yeah, they're just the same guy. I think it's because it's one syllable letter, one syllable name, so they just were the same Lee Jacob, George C. Scott. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. 
Excellent. Yeah. Well, I noticed that uh, Pendereski and uh, um, who did had a lot of music in The Shining. Uh, he wrote Threnody, which is a uh, Hiroshima famous yeah, piece sure. of music. Um, and George Crumb's music is also used. Um, I noticed that three priests and three doctors were tech advisors in the credits. Oh, yeah? yeah. And I think the guy who played uh, Damien's friend, uh, Father Joseph Dyer, was the character. In, in the bar scene life. where they're talking? He's a No, real... the guy who's his, he comes to see him in his apartment and they're smoking cigs. And then it's the guy who Reagan hugs at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's fa- actual priest, Father William O'Malley, who mm. was a consultant on the movie and oh. friends with William Friedkin. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So well, there you go. it's really cool. I mean, um, the, we haven't even gotten to the exorcism, for God's sakes. You know? No, I know. Yeah, and uh, and That's when you start to see, like, the really great effects that Dick Smith mm-hmm. make up coming in. And, yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of pea soup. I remember uh, I remember seeing John Cleese on uh, Tonight Show when Carson was still around, where um, Meaning of Life uh, was uh, he was on a presser for me. I like that movie. That's a funny said, movie. They said, "Yeah, we went through a lot of vegetable soup <laughs> for that." <laughs> oh, I know, I know the scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Explodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh shit, it's Mr. Creosote. <laughs> <laughs> the extra mint goes over the edge. Yeah, that's some funny stuff. Yeah, and so they, uh, you know, the pea soup. Uh, that's a, you know, she's throwing up pea soup. Uh, yeah, it's really, really cool and. So, um, and and Damien, you know, it's really kind of interesting that uh, one of the scenes where he goes to see Reagan first and he's throwing holy water on it. And later he says it wasn't holy right, water, it yeah. was just tap water. Which I think that it's the devil or the demon or whatever is inside Reagan is fucking with Damien. She knows that, that he's going to do that and she's one step ahead of him. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and, I think, yeah. I think it, and it's to throw... To keep Damien and Chris guessing, right? And mm-hmm. the, the, the devil did that on purpose. They yeah, acted yeah. as if I think so. Yeah, the, the devil's like, uh, you know, he's like telling if you're the devil, then why don't you just untie yourself from the bed? Yeah, well, because so vulgar a display of power. Blah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. But blah, I think yeah. the devil also wants to keep them on keep them unsure, right? That's Absolutely. part of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Father Marin comes in. They do the exorcism. Father Marin dies during the exorcism. I guess he has a heart attack. You know, it's it's, it's too much for him. Yeah. And then, as the devil is about to win, F- Damien quite beautifully and quite sort of movingly sacrifices himself. He regains his faith in the last moment, mm-hmm. and that's why this movie, I think, is he's like a martyr. He should be a saint in those people's eyes, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he he dies, and he he takes the demon with him, I guess, back into hell, and and Reagan is saved. Yeah, yeah, and then she drives away. Uh, yeah. you know, she I mean, drives away, and yeah. uh, then Exorcist Two happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, in Exorcist Two, she was fine, but they kept saying, "No, you're not fine." Yeah. You know, we need <laughs> you need story. constant care. I'm sorry yeah. we brought up Exorcist yeah. Two again. My bad. <laughs> Oh, uh, the original Exorcist, yeah, it was it, it uh, like you said, it was a one-two punch for mm-hmm. for Friedkin. He was really on a roll. Did you know? Uh, yeah, you know uh, another just funny fact about the Chris McNeil character. You know who she's sorta a little bit based on? Mm. Shirley MacLaine. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because she was William Blatty's friend, and they asked her to play the role, but I guess she didn't want to. Yeah. Well, she was a uh, Shirley's really got a lot of spiritual um, episodes in her life, and directions, and and thoughts, and maybe this was just yeah, yeah, and I too much for her. I think, or well, I think she did. Um, Consider I mean, from, it. From what I'm seeing here, it looks like she was, or maybe not her, but her company helped produce the movie so she wasn't oh, involved she was yeah. involved cool because blatty was the right so 
she insists not i don't know if it's her personally but her production company back the film only if bat blatty wrote the screenplay and produced which he did so there you yeah, go there you go all right cool yeah let's move on um we're gonna take a break and and uh um uh, come back in just a minute for sure <laughs> 